0: Hello, Tome Show listeners. We have a special treat for you today. The awesome Wade Rocket of Pelgrane Press has given the Tome Show the audio from their 13th Age Gen Con seminars. 13th Age is a great fantasy RPG designed by Rob Hinesu, one of the lead developers of 4th Edition d and Jonathan Tweet, one of the lead developers of 3rd Edition d d Thirteenth Age has been described as a spiritual successor to 4th edition D&D. It has tactical combat elements, but it also integrates narrative role-playing game elements right into the system. This is the kind of game that might interest D&D players, so we thought our audience would enjoy hearing these seminars. Thank you for listening. The runes operate like the uh, icon relationships in Thirteenth Age, um, where you uh, uh, you you use them sort of like you use uh, icon relationship roles to, to um, alter the plot. And um, typically two of your runes are associated with your deity. If you worship Orlanth, maybe it's uh, movement and air because those are his big uh, claims to fame. And then you have a third one uh, that might be a duplicate of the first two, if like you're really into movement or air, or it might be uh Something that's different from, like, every Orlanthe is going to have air and movement, but you also have death or beast or some other um, element to your character that's associated with your background or what's special about you or just sort of what's in the stars for your character or something like that. So people use those um, sort of the way icon relationships are rolled, and you can use those for sort of... Uh, generic events like you know the energy in the universe provides um, some sort of resource that you need or you could, but they can also represent connections to people or groups so if you've got the air rune um, that, that you might use that to gain resources from anybody who is associated with the air rune so that might be again Orlanthe or anyone in the sort of his storm tribe um, uh, and, and so so you can use it f- more like connections to people, like a, like is really typical for uh, the icon relationships, or you can it can be sort of more abstract um, because it's because it has to do with sort of the, the energy of the universe. So I, I don't know if that answered your question, or if you had something particular. Well, no, I, I just thought that it would give you a chance to talk about how that sort of ties in in the story way. In yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what struck me when I read the material. Yeah, so uh, the runes, in my mind, have are, are they're really more key almost to the um, setting than the gods. The gods have lots of flavor and history, and that's when people are sort of associated with them.
1: And they, they're they're kind of how you approach or think about yeah. those runes usually. But yeah. the runes are the big thing in the background.
0: And the runes all have each have a cool, of course, rune right. A little, Diagram associated. And you got to admit and, they're pretty catchy. And it, right, exactly. Yeah. And in seventy eight. Wow. I just ate that up right. Oh, there's a life rune and the death. Hey, come, rune, come on. We and, were drawing runes also for our character last week. Yeah. No, the runes. Are, so, so Yeah. So runes are cool that way, right? What's cooler? I mean, everyone loves rune. I'll just
1: give you a little example. Um, I I w- had the honor of being in a game with Rob and Jonathan last yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. And in that, I played Mel, the awakened herdman, Stormbull. Yeah. and everybody so, so
0: a herdman is uh, again through some weird mythic thing um, there's one group of people out in the tribes where instead of the humans uh, herding animals and eating them there are these animal like taper creatures that are intelligent and whatever have a culture and they herd humans who are like beast men and they look human but they don't have they've have got animal level intelligence so they've they've They think that everyone else... That's the way it all should be. Uh, But, of course, all the humans in the plains think that those guys cheated in the God time and that's how they ended up on top of the humans or whatever. And so his character, Mel... Mel was awesome. uh, You know, started life as a herd man, but then became uh, awakened to consciousness and now he's a a full-fledged human. So he was
1: given the... That's his
0: one unique thing.
1: That was his one unique thing. So that shows you know, how nicely you can tie the one unique thing to make something yeah. very unique within the setting. But then with the three runes, I had, I believe, um, anti-chaos and death, I think. Something like that. Something like that. Probably but I also and- had, as a weird... Yes, air and yeah. anti-chaos. And then I, as my third rune, it was very weird. I had the life rune. So I was a, 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 a storm bull who also had this strange connection with life, which made role-playing possibilities. Right, so Storm
0: Bulls are... uh Storm is the, you know, great heroic god who defeated the devil back in the god time by fighting and fighting and fighting long after any hope for victory uh, seemed possible. And um, so he's sort of the berserker god, and his followers, you know, rampage through the uh, chaos, and and, and and there's a... There's sort of an overarching conflict in uh, in Glorantha, which is the universe wants to stay together, and chaos wants to come in and mess everything up. Um, and so, chaos is this sort of to return horrible, it to the void. horrible, yeah, horrible perverting uh, force that uh, threatens has, has at times threatened to like devour basically the whole universe. And so, Storm Bull hit that that's one of the main gods that fights chaos, and so his followers naturally do the same thing. But if you played RuneQuest and you set up to be a Storm Bowl, they'd be like, well, okay, you read this thing about Storm Bowls, and so that's the way you're supposed to be. And so if two people are playing Storm Bowls, well, they're going to be pretty much the same. But with 13th Age, you've got the one unique thing, and you've got this extra Rune, and so he's playing a Storm Bowl that isn't like anybody else's Storm Bowl. And when I started this whole process, you know, I thought, how are you going to do one unique things in Glorantha, right? Because... Uh, there's so much of the setting it has already been written up, and there's a guide um, to Glorantha that just won a big award, and it's really super big, super big, right? Like, how are you? How are you going to, you know, like you'd never had those one unique things in RuneQuest or whatever. You just play by sort of by the book. And now that I've been playing it for a while, it, I really see how it it sort of opens up that character so that you're playing a Storm Bull, but it's it's you know your own take on it, and it gives you a lot more creative freedom.
1: Yeah, I, 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 how many of you all, and maybe Jonathan's already asked the question because
0: I showed almost up tardy. all
1: 13th age players. Okay, so uh, in Glarent, uh one of the things in Glorantha is it's got very much a feel and a style yeah. as a setting. Yeah. That's um, quite different from a lot of traditional fantasy. Um, for you know, one being is Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan's already talked about. You know, the, the gods are, are there. They're they're, but they did their deeds in the god time. You can still interact with that. It's Bronze Age. It's not medieval, and it's got a lot of weird quirkiness to it that that um, is very unique to it. And Jonathan and Rob have, and many people when when we first started talking about doing Thirteenth Age of Lorentz, a lot of people went to me and said, you know, you're nuts. You know how yeah. do you, this is no. this is like this is like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. How can you how can you combine these things? And um, well, actually, it
0: what? Yeah. I told do you that. So so that's it's, this is Neil also uh, from uh, Moon Design, and he's uh, regular in our campaign back in Seattle. Chaosium now, Chaosium <laughs> Neil from Chaosium. That's going to take me a while.
1: But um, one of the things that that Robin Jonathan have done is they've managed to use 13th age, the 13th Age engine to capture that, that spirit and that uniqueness yeah. of Glorantha, and they've done uh, an astoundingly good job.
0: Yeah, Rob is really good at sort of figuring out what's interesting about uh, a concept, a character concept especially, and then um, how do you have an interesting way to bring that into, into play. Yes. Right? And, and, you know, he has loved Glorantha as long as I have, which is a long, long time.
1: Um, should we so tell them that they have really them, his,
0: You know what? What one map does he have up on his wall in his office? Yeah, he's got the giant, He's got the Dragon Pass map. Uh, so Dragon Pass is this area in uh, the world of Glorantha where all sorts of things have happened over the ages. Um, obviously, having to do with dragons among other things. But but this is the game I was telling you about. Um, that was the f- first um, introduction of Glorantha into gaming. Where it's a big hex map, uh, where you, you've got little um, uh, with hexes that cover these two big uh, kingdoms and, and uh, empire, and you have you know countless units uh, fighting in the middle with dragon newts and dinosaurs and trolls and demonic mercenaries and dragons and a, a giant pumpkin that eats you. I mean, it's just yeah, just,
1: it, it's crazy stuff, and it's the sort of stuff that that only could have been made by Greg Stafford in Berkeley a few years after the Summer of Love. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's part of the charm of the setting. Yeah. Um, but there was, one of the things that has been so wonderful about 13th Age is, as a rules engine, it's been very good at capturing that feel. Yeah. And it's 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 got that Glorantha color just to a remarkable level. Really, it's been fantastic to, to see them put this
0: together. Yeah, thanks. All right, that was a long answer to that one question. So you, you are going to ask something. I was just going to ask what kind of, uh, I haven't seen the playtest yet. I'm yeah. was just curious, like for the different classes, what, what's, what's changing, what's being added? Great, great question. So um, some of the classes are all new. So like the Storm Bull Berserker, a, um, it's a, sort of like a Barbarian, but it's an all-new class. doesn't really play like the Barbarian. It uh, has some of the same feel, like hitting things hard or whatever, but, but plays very differently. Um, so the Earth Mother is new. Uh, you know That's a, a, another example. The Trickster is an all-new class, and the kind of thing that you don't see usually in role-playing games. Um, the Hell Mother? The Hellmother Mother is a troll that does weird summoning, and 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 the trolls in Clarentha, are, you know, they are their own thing. They're, um, you know, even the non-human monsters have their own culture and their own way of seeing the world, and they, you know, they see things from their perspective, and it makes everything makes perfect sense from their perspective. But of course, it's nothing like the human perspective. Uh, and and then the, there are lots of classes that you can uh, play pretty close to straight. Um, so. If you want to play a sorcerer or a barbarian or a rogue, uh, we have sort of Glorantha versions of those. Um, so, uh, Neil's playing, the we call it a rebel. It's the uh, it's our version of the rogue. It's a little bit different from your regular rogue. He's not a rogue at all. He's not a rogue at all. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, so, things like Momentum and what have you, he'd still be used by the book, but... Um, like the uh, he doesn't you don't have that trap finding talent because the culture's not it's like he said it's bronze age it doesn't have all the clockwork stuff that you would have for um, traps and what have you uh, so it's a, it's a combination of all new classes and then sort of new ways to play old classes okay thank you yeah right, over there in the back i actually kind of too, uh, one i think i missed the detail of this is this going to be or will it require Thirteenth Age? And then, my second uh, question is: um, Did you sort of approach this as like a um, a worked example of your colorant will vary? Yeah. So it's um, uh, it it is a Thirteenth Age supplement. Um, so if you don't have Thirteenth Age, you should definitely get it. Or or. Uh, you can always download the free system reference document, which has the basic, you know, the rules in it, right? And so technically you don't have to buy anything uh, to play it. But we we really definitely intended also as a supplement for 13th Age. There's lots of stuff that's in there, like Hero Questing is a whole new system for sort of going into the land of myth uh, in order to... Um, uh, unlock certain powers, or or face mythic foes, or what have you. And you could have stuff like that um, in in Thirteenth Age, reskinned as you know the Land of Dreams or the World of Forms, or you go to some the Archmage's alter alternate reality or something. Um, and that monsters are going to be great uh, for um, you know a whole bunch of new cool monsters. And and that's one of the things that we liked about Glorantha is that it had funky monsters. So, yeah, so um, uh, so it's it's a Thirteenth Age supplement, um, and your the question about your Glorantha will vary. One of the things that we, you know, uh, felt was really important for Thirteenth Age is that you don't have to follow the canon, and that's also too true in Thirteenth Age and Glorantha. There's like there's more material on Glorantha than I want to digest, right? There's there's probably more Glorantha material I'm not gonna read. Then it's, maybe it's close. But there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's some of the background books or whatever. That I don't think I'm ever going to get around probably to not or whatever. I but still, you read the guide. I, 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 I skimmed it. I am still reading the guide <laughs> here and there, but I am. I, that's the one. I don't think I'm going to read that one cover to cover either. That's two big chunky books. I don't. I don't think anybody would read, a, read a, an encyclopedia cover yeah, to cover. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Um, it's also important to us that when you play Glorantha, you can uh, you can make it your own. And one of the problems that any world setting has, and I had this problem really hard at one point in my RuneQuest campaign, was uh, if you're trying to stick to a setting, you it's easier to know what doesn't fit than what does, and you don't know what you can make up, and uh, you know the the you can spend a lot of time not doing fun things because the setting says there's nothing fun in the area that your players are kicking around in. Whereas 13th age is all about yeah you should be able to make up whatever you need whenever you need it. So definitely everybody, um, we expect that when any one of you plays in a Glorantha campaign it's going to be your Glorantha and, and if you want to say, you know, in your in your campaign, you know, Orlanthe is still dead or something like that. Like, we, you know, um, that's, uh, that's up to you. And so when you... we got one guy who's... Uh, he's the only guy at the table who's the, a devotee of Barntar the Plowman. He used to be a farmer and now he's, a, he's, you know, been inspired by the war ram to become a barbarian or berserker or whatever. Um, but he gets to sort of decide what's up with Barntar the Plowman because he's the only one with stakes in it. So in our Glorantha. Barter the is going to be different from anybody else's. And, you know, d- stepping back a little bit, honestly, that's
1: how folk ought to be running their games. Is, you know, if, you know, Canon, uh, and I say this over and over again on the Glorantha side of things, yeah. Canon only matters to professional writers. And it, it be, if your contract says you'll follow, you know, make sure that your book is, in, is consistent with that. As a GM and as a player, you ought to be able to, you know, the moment you've bought that book, that setting, that set of rules, that's yours, and do with it, you know, whatever generates the most fun for you and the most enjoyment. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I've been very, uh, again, very pleased with on the Thirteenth Age uh, in Glorantha material is is that it's it gives vehicles for GMs and players to get out of that feeling that they that they should be feeling claustrophobic with Glorantha. I mean I
0: still like a couple sessions ago I was running the game and they were you know going through this geographical area and I was like okay but wait what is it exactly you know and instead of just making it up like Rob and I had a conversation "Is, is there a giant dragon mouth there still or is that was that in the second age I don't remember and and it's really it's really tempting to go back into that mode of trying to figure out what the canon is rather than making stuff up.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, any sort of role playing game, at least my take on it is, is it is a creative interaction between the players and the GM, and you 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 guys got a, an agreed set of rules that they agree on, and you got a setting to s- start it up and. Make it up and uh, you know make it up wherever you need to have maximum game fun. And um, uh, I've been very uh, to keep praising Jonathan. I've been very pleased at how many tools there are for a GM and the players to have ways to escape a feeling of being constrained yeah. by the setting. Yeah, uh, yeah that's important to Robin me. Yeah. yeah, and and. And weirdly enough, it results in it feeling more grand than than if you try to slavishly follow uh, what I've written and draw within the lines. Yeah. I mean that it's really important as as a GM, as a player, and as a writer to be willing to go outside of the line, uh, you know, outside of what's written, and. Generate cool new ideas that may not fit with that at all, but they're cool and new and they work for you. So do it. Yeah, Wade. Yes. For once, I'm asking. Uh, so I've been running a 13th Age campaign for a couple of years uh, in the Dragon Empire. We we're just having a ball yeah, uh, with no sign of, of wanting to stop. But 13th Age and Glorantha came up at my table last session because uh, the guy playing the Paladin Commander said, oh, 13th Aging Bronte is coming out. I can be a berserker. And I thought, oh, I hadn't thought about this actually coming into my game. Yeah. And so if he does that, does that mean that I need to bring runes into my campaign? If I do that, is that going to change how the icons function? Do all the characters need runes? And so as a GM, like, how, how am I going to approach that?
0: Uh, so Rob is really keen to make sure that um, that the stuff we do... Is going to be portable into the Dragon Empire, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, and I
1: this, not, this yeah, stuff is probably in progress. Right. But no. Uh,
0: but but the the short answer is no. You're not going to need runes um, to make like you know. Runes almost operate above the level of the character stats, right? They're 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 sort of um, they're more story oriented rather than what the, the uh, character stat oriented. So you could just swap in a class from Glorantha into the Dragon Empire and, and give them icon relationships instead of runes, and, and you'd you'd be fine.
1: We've got a berserker in, in our
0: 30-page Dragon Empire game. Well, well what one. don't you have in your game? The occultists dance. We don't have oh, any okay. uh, 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 Oh, no. no. OK. There was only one. But no, it, it, it fits very well. Uh, but totally take them back and forth. And same with, uh, like I could bring in chaos monsters yep. without completely yep. thing. That's right.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. Over here.
1: Um, okay, so I'm only familiar with 13th Age really. So like sure. in 13th Age your adventures, you, your campaign might be okay. we trying to stop the Diabolos from demons and you right. end up whatever with the Diabolos at the end. Yeah. What kind of adventures and campaigns and stories do you tell with Gl- Gl- and like How does that work there compared to the D-
0: Right. So, um, in a lot of ways, it's the it's the same sort of thing. There are um, uh, there are still sort of big enemies. They're not icons exactly, but they're but you know they're more like the big enemies of uh, you know a D and D campaign. Um, and the the overall plot is that um, in the uh, so, sort of in the continuity that uh, Glorantha is going through, uh, there's been this big catastrophe, and the hero wars are starting, and there's all this um, prophecy that all these terrible things are happening, and sh- the and, web and, that and,
1: holds the world together is beginning to unravel. And uh, chaos is coming back in.
0: Yeah, and so um, w- we pushed that really hard in Thirteenth Age in Glorantha, where it's like. Um, you know, sort of a post-apocalypse setting where there's been you know all these great cultures and what have you, but now there there's been war and and calamity and what have you, and so now everything is sort of in, in upheaval. Um, but but it it would s- sort of be sort of the same thing. There are these major uh, like one of the enemies that we're standing up is uh, Gagix 2 Barb who's sort of like Sort of like a centaur, but instead of a horse's body, it's a giant scorpion body. And, is, and you know, she's got two stingers, and she's some, you know, archdemon of uh, chaos god. And, and, and her offspring are pretty awesome. Yeah. Because when,
1: she, uh, when, when you, get, you get killed fighting against her minions, her minions bring, uh, bring your corpse back to her, she devours your bo- uh, the body of the, the dead and gives birth to a new scorpion hybrid that has the memories of the old person but is now a chaotic monster. So you know, you and so you see Uncle Ted, who who died last last season, yeah. except Uncle Ted's now in the body of a scorpion and he, he remembers everything that Uncle Ted did, but he's now a chaos demon. I've always liked that about Scorpion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you can start out fighting chaos creatures sort of at level one and what have you and and sort of follow a chain of command up to you know, a bigger and bigger monster. Same same kind of thing. Anybody? Uh,
1: I sort of have a push question, but it's something I wanted to know the answer to. So, as someone who is relatively new to Muranfa, um, I also know there's the Muranfa source book that you haven't talked about. I'm, I, I am working, I actually have about a 80%, 85% draft of the source book. Could you describe how you would describe it now that you, basically done? Yeah, of- what, what, what the Source Sourcebook does is it's totally system neutral. all right. So
0: it's basically, I've got, and it was part of the
1: Kickstarter. It was part of the Kickstarter. It was a, a, a thing that, that we put into this um, is a realizing that is 13-day Glorantha fans. Although you artistically owe it to yourself as gamers to purchase the guide to Glorantha,
0: <laughs>
1: we, we, we we understand. Was how, was how much? Uh, it's 125 dollars. Okay, but worth every penny. Yeah, yeah. pound, by pound. Yep. pound, pound by, by pound. Pound by pound is a cheap book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, of all, how many how many pounds is it, Neil? So, anyways, we don't ex- we, we realized it was absolutely unrealistic to first expect you to to um, buy a eight hundred and something page uh,
0: encyclopedia. Well, so, it's not it's not even written to make it easy for you to run a campaign. No, it's not right? intended at all. No, it's an encyclopedia. It's an encyclopedia. It's like it's like deciding
1: that you know I want to run a game set in ancient Rome. What should I buy? I think I should buy a gigantic uh, encyclopedia of the Roman Empire. You know, one of Mommsen's uh, books from the late nineteenth century that describes every ruin
0: that and what we know about and, every and, city and all these ages over all these different times and what yep. all these different people have said in all these different places. But but you know, right that's now.
1: probably not the easiest way to start with the yeah. the, the, the the setting. So the the source book is uh, roughly. I mean, kind of depends on how I tweak it. Um, but it is a significantly less than two hundred page uh, book, and what it does is it covers the basic core areas of the main, the traditionally the main stomping ground for Glorantha. It gives an overview of the myth cycles because that's really important yeah. in coming up with Gloranthan idea, uh, Glorantha ideas. Is you know what are the stories of the Earth goddesses? What are the stories of the fire gods? Um, who, you know, th- there's this thing on this that says Orlanth. Who the heck is this Orlanth god and what are the sto- some of the stories associated with it? What is this wacky lunar empire? Yeah. You know, who are some of the big, in the, the core settings, who are some of the big NPCs around And Enough information that as a GM, I, oh yeah, okay, I can introduce this guy into the story.
0: How's it organized?
1: In 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 which way? Sort of i I'm, I'm going to open up and read it from. Uh, it starts with a basic overview of the world. Then it does a overview of the central area, uh, the the greater Dragon Pass area. Zones, zooms down into Dragon Pass proper, the lands to the dra- south of Dragon Pass, the lands to the east of Dragon Pass, and um, some information, information on the Lunar Empire. Then goes over into what the bulk of the book is, which is, weirdly enough, mythic stories. These are the events of, and although that sounds strange as an introductionary book, that's actually really the most important part of it. And they um, are purely system neutral. But it's a short enough, it's basically intended to be a short enough book that you can go through and go, oh, this is kind of cool, this is cool, this gives me enough background information that I can not only... Run with this, but I can make up stories in it, and that's pretty much well what's there. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's what we always wish we had back in the RuneQuest days. Yeah. Um, and enough about the the overall history of the area that you you go okay. If I want to go really in depth, I can go and I can buy the guide to Glorantha. But this is enough that I can I can comfortably run a um, a, a Glorantha campaign and not feel overwhelmed.
0: Right, and and, and and if you're not jazzed by the, that source book, you can just run Glorantha with the thirteenth Ancient yeah. Glorantha book. It's got the monsters and, and myths and cultures and what have you. It's got it's got enough for you to exactly uh, get off the ground and, and, and exactly. play your own way and, and I think there's lots of cool stuff in Glorantha, so you know, it's worth checking out uh, worth checking out the source book. But it's not strictly necessary. No.
1: Absolutely. I mean it was not one of the it was a stretch goal if I recall. That we would add the the source book into it, so it was it was something that that we thought would be a cool and logical thing to have with it, but not strictly necessary. But it is cool, and and, and the other bit is is that that you know if you're playing RuneQuest or you're playing HeroQuest Korantha, it's frankly just as useful. When will we see a draft? When will you see a draft, or when will the rest of the world see a draft? I'll give
0: you their answer. Uh, when I, will the Kickstarter supporters see a draft? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, there's some core sections that, that are ready to go up. Um, the information on the myth cycles, that's done and ready to go up. The stuff on, on the basic core areas are ready and go up. Uh, there's a couple of bits where I'm waiting to see quite what Rob and Jonathan do with them before I write what they. Before I write the explanatory background information, I kind of want to know, you know, how far they go with particular things because that determines do I need just cursory information about yeah. the Lunar Empire or do I need to go into a little bit more depth? Do, yeah. I, do we need just kind of cursory information on chaos or do I have to go into a greater degree of depth? You know, what extent do I have to to talk about any of the elder races other than the trolls? Those are the, the the last ones that are that are are still unknown. Okay. So, the rest of those I could put up into the Kickstarter site is now that I'm the bad guy. Yeah. All
0: right. Anybody else?
1: Yep. Ducks. Ducks, Ducks are in it. Damn right. Miss Uncles.
0: Duff, duck myth cycles. Of
1: course.
0: So, How long have I been waiting? So, okay. So the um, the ducks are a mysterious race in Glorantha that um, they're either humans who have been uh, cursed with duck-like form or they're ducks that have been cursed with arms and flightlessness and what have you. But they're these, um, you know, this is a world with minotaurs and dragons and chaos monsters and then you've got the, the ducks, right? Uh, and they're allies with the, sort of the good guys. And in fact, there's a big treatment of uh, Duck Point, which is the the big city where the, right, where the uh, ducks are centered. Um, and so you, you get lots of stuff on the ducks and the culture. And there's even a Humakti quest where you learn the secret that the ducks know about Humakt and the ducks that nobody else knows. There's a little, there's a little bit something there for the duck fans for sure. And that you know, the ducks sound funny, but they are uh, tenacious fighters of the undead who live in this uh, um, spreading swamp, a uh, marsh near Duck Point. So they, you know, they're tough too. They're not, they're not just jokes. They're not just comedy relief. Yeah. Have, have you uh, talked about uh,
1: myth crawling already?
0: I haven't. So the um I I did a little bit. So if you remember that the the world is held together by people replicating the actions of the deities. Um uh mostly the things that happened during the god time before uh before regular time started. And um uh typically when things are going well uh People can go on these hero quests and um, you know earn blessings for their people or gain spiritual power or what have you, uh, but things aren't going well in the uh, currently, and so um, hero questing, uh, going to the god time and and replicating the. Uh, deeds of your deities a lot of times has included some amount of combat where you fight the same you know you are sort of you are Orlanth and you are fighting the great blue dragon or or what have you and so um, but in with things going so bad uh, chaos is seeping into lots of people's myths and um, sometimes myths are going wrong and so heroes are needed to sort of venture into the the Spirit world, the God world, uh, and and not just replicate things, but like fix things or or, or at least or try fight to or, right fight their way through things where things aren't working right. And that's one of the introductory adventure. The introductory adventure includes um, going on a on a hero quest where uh, things aren't right, things have gone wrong, and it's more <coughs> dangerous than normal. And and they have to fight stuff they shouldn't have to fight and and what have you. But it's all sort of Um, As the world is falling apart, that's reflected in the the world of the myths, too. And so um, hero questing becomes sort of this, uh, uh, you know, a living dungeon in regular 13th age is uh, an excuse to have a really cool dungeon where people go into this crazy dungeon and weird things happen and they have cool fights or they have interesting encounters. And hero quests are like that, too, where, you know, you're going into the god time and and uh, mythic things. And if they go wrong, it's dangerous, but sort of more fun because weird stuff happens. Um. We hope you've enjoyed this special Tome Show episode featuring the 13th Age Seminars from Gen Con 2015. We'll be back to our regular programming next week. Thanks for listening.